Well, James, we're back at the end of another year, which is when we tend to look back over the whole year and look forward to the coming year and set our goals and themes. (laughs) And I know that for you, you've really been, what is the word, wrestling with this a little bit lately? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to squeeze a theme out of 2023. (laughs) Mm -hmm. For you listeners, we don't know, but we might be getting James's um, theme on the fly here. As as <laughs> it could be, I think I remember. I remember last year that I think I might have figured out the final wording of the theme maybe during the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so all right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Want to review just briefly what twenty twenty two was. And uh, I have a couple questions here for you, James. I'm going to let you get going with reviewing 2022. I want to know, first of all, what was your theme? And then tell us a little bit, maybe either what methods you used to track it throughout the year or keep track of it. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you keep it in mind? And then also give us an idea of how you would score it maybe out of five. Was it a success? Was it not a success? So my theme for 2022 was the year of depth. And part of that was because of my obsession with Cal Newport. And he's got a book called (laughs) Deep Work and his podcast is called Deep Questions. And he's all about the deep life. And so that's kind of what I went with. It's something that kind of resonated with me. And what I was trying to do there was to turn away from things that were shallow, shallow activities, shallow use of time, and turn toward things that are deeper, things like family and different things that I wanted to accomplish that had longer impact than just the day or even the week. And as far as methods I used to track it, I didn't really track it the best, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> this is something that over the number of years that I've been doing yearly themes, uh, I come into December and January with a lot of energy and uh, write down a whole bunch of stuff. And then it sticks, you know, it's it's in my notebook, but I don't ever turn back to it. You know, I, I glance at it a couple of times throughout, especially the first half of the year. And I think it's useful, but the second half of the year during the summer, especially when you have a lot of things going on and you don't have as much, at least I find I don't have as much free time because I'm spending a lot of my time after work and so forth outside uh, working on the yard and the garden. Yeah. I find that it's harder for me to keep track of what's going on, which is part of what I'm hoping to implement this coming year is to try to get away from that. So I really didn't keep it in mind the best. That's a weakness that I've had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because <laughs> I think I've mentioned this in maybe the previous themes episode or it's you know, Sean and I talk about these things, not because we are perfect and because we have it all figured out, but because we need them very badly. <laughs> and we're just trying to, we're trying to claw ourselves upwards inch by inch if possible, because at least it's upward progress. <laughs> that was, <laughs> So that was my 2022 theme and how I tracked it or didn't track it. Now, you, in the notes here, you're wondering, out of a score of five, what would I give the success of the theme? And a couple weeks ago, I went through all of my goals that I had last year, and I counted them up, and I can't remember exactly how many it was, 
it was quite a few. I'm thinking it was 25, maybe 25 individual oh. things. So <laughs> okay. some of them were pretty small. Some of them were a little bit bigger, which the, the whole thing of having 25 goals is actually part of the problem that I'll talk about later. <laughs> I would say I would give myself a score of four. I certainly did not achieve all of them, but I went through the 25 and I marked the ones that I felt like I had achieved, you know, 95, 100%. Then I looked at the ones that were about, let's say, from 90% to 40% or so, or maybe 30% to 90%, partially achieved but not fully, and then ones that I just didn't do at all. And I came up with a total of nine goals or habits that I felt like I had fully achieved out of 25, seven that I had partially achieved, and nine that I had not done anything about. Okay. <laughs> I think I mentioned this maybe back last year, but... I was a little bit depressed going back, you know, thinking about what I had done or not done over the year. I thought, man, I really didn't feel like it went very well. I had kind of a time in the middle of the year where I was sick and dealing with some stuff there, which didn't help, you know, threw me even more off track maybe. Mm -hmm. But then I looked back and, you know, I didn't achieve more than half of my things, but you put together the ones that I fully achieved plus partially, and I was well over half. And so I felt like that is... A four out of five. I mean, a five out of five would have been achieving 20 plus out of the 25. Sure. But for that amount, I felt like four out of five wasn't wasn't too bad. You would say using James Clear's criterion for success being 1% better, mm-hmm. that you got 1% better at being deeper in your in your work? Yeah, I would say so. I think I definitely made some progress. There's still some areas, and I can maybe talk about those later, that I still feel like... Uh, I really didn't make much progress on, and that's to my shame. But there are areas that I did move ahead in. For instance, I felt like in both my marriage and relationship with my children, I felt like there was definitely some some progress there. Spending time to focus on that, so I think that was a that was a pretty big win, even if all the others didn't really happen. So I felt like there was definitely some some progress there. But then there's some other things, other habits that just did not happen whatsoever. Yeah. That's a little discouraging, but hey, there's always another year, so. Sure. Well, <laughs> maybe not always, but. <laughs> well, that's true. I thought about that when I said it. <laughs> you said something like uh, you didn't get them all done to your shame or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. So I had a question in thinking about while I was planning, and, and since you said that, I want to ask you, do you think do you think it's helpful? Do you think shame is helpful for yearly themes or New Year's resolutions or even like monthly goals or trying to improve? Is shame a useful feeling or tool for us to use? I'm not sure. I I think sometimes it can maybe be counterproductive. The type of thing where, well, if I'm so bad, I might as well just give up type of thing. Right. Yeah. But I think there's there are ways to maybe use other types of accountability, maybe not shame necessarily. But, you know, the reason I said to my shame is, you know, here we are in a podcast kind of laying out our dirty laundry and saying, hey, (laughs) there's all these things that we were supposed to be doing. We didn't actually do it. Yeah. Telling Uh, telling anybody on the Internet that wants to listen. mm -hmm. So that's kind of what it is. It's more of like a public unveiling of you know what, I'm not perfect, Yeah. which anybody that knows me knows that anyway, but <laughs> it feels a bit more uh, 
trying to put some fig leaves on real quick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think we all feel we all feel that, and that's why New Year's resolutions. It's like the great majority of New Year's resolutions fail within the first two weeks or so. I think it is mm-hmm. something like that. It's because we we try to do this thing. It doesn't work. We feel ashamed, and none of us like to feel ashamed. And so we distance ourselves from from the whole thing, just so we don't have to feel that yucky feeling. Mm-hmm. But like one very famous podcaster has said, it's not about falling off the horse or even how many times you fell off the horse, but whether you get back on the horse throughout the year or throughout whatever season you're tracking. And so mm-hmm. that's what I tried to focus on this year. My year was the year of planning and delegation. So my focus was trying to be less busy uh, and to have a little bit more uh, white space in my life, I think, mm-hmm. not to be quite so stressed out. And delegation is definitely not one of my strong points or was not one of my strong points but i only had i only had six goals for the year (laughs) (laughs) not uh not 25 or whatever it was (laughs) yeah and i think that looking at them i i got five out of six the one one of my goals was james is gonna going to uh (laughs) i don't know what you're gonna do one of my goals was to use todoist for my um i don't know like for my task list my to-do list i'm not sure exactly and that one i used probably a couple of weeks in january and it's been on my it still is on my phone home screen (laughs) but i have not used it at all since (laughs) so that was the one i failed at (laughs) how could you fail at something like that (laughs) i know (laughs) i i I don't uh it todoist should work but for for some reason with my either with my brain or else with i think it's more about and you and i've talked about this a few times throughout the year james is how my my schedule because of the nature of my work and being the pastor and also trying to be available to the community and whatever is almost defined by interruptions mm-hmm. and by <laughs> people messing up if you want to say it that way, but like, I can't, it's very difficult for me to just have a schedule that Monday through Friday, this is what I'm going to do from eight to five or whatever. No, that doesn't work. And so planning for things actually made me more frustrated when it was, uh, and in my to do is saying, you didn't do that thing yesterday. And it just increased my blood pressure. So I ended up using paper lists a lot and I had some digital lists that were not tied to either specific days. And I don't know, for some reason, Todoist made me feel like I was failing. Like it, it was like, hmm. this thing is late. Uh, it's still there. You haven't done anything with it. And then <laughs> snoozing, it made me feel, uh, I don't know, irresponsible or something. So okay. <laughs> I wanted to avoid those feelings. Yeah. Well, for me... I've been using Todoist since maybe 2018 or so, and mm-hmm. I I have sometimes looked at other task managers and pretty quickly decided that I did not want to switch. Yeah, <laughs> but for me, when it comes to like just kind of pushing things off, uh, let me actually look and see what I currently have on my to do list for today. Um, oh, it's not too bad. I only have like 22 things. 
see see that made that stressed me out uh knowing that they were well i i know there are always things to do but mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think part of it is that well okay some of this is work stuff and so i could easily switch postpone that to monday but i normally have lately it's been a little bit worse but i normally have 10 to 20 tasks per day for work and i just postpone them like in other words i I have things that I want to get done today for sure, and then mm-hmm. uh, I want to get those done. But then the other things, I'll do them tomorrow or next week. It's not a huge deal. Thinking about thinking about your, the way you do your list and like and postponing things or whatever. I'm curious, are you an inbox zero sort of person with your email? Mm, no, I just leave everything in my inbox for the most part. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't get nearly as much email now as I did when I was in more of a uh, corporate job or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, my inbox is always empty. I mean, I certainly could do that. I mean, I could just select everything that I currently have and just archive it all at one shot. Because I don't use my email as a task list or whatever. So there's not Mm -hmm. things in there that I still need to do. But Mm -hmm. anyway, I, I don't know. I like being able to easily look down through emails that came in earlier in the week if I need to reference them later and so forth. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not sure how this podcast turned into a how we organize our work <laughs> and our email and our tasks. Yeah. Well, I guess that was my year was trying to be more productive or planning or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for my for my year, the way I kept track of it was I had an index card on my desk on on the one side of it like I made it into somewhat of a triangle where it was sitting on my desk. On the one side, I had mm-hmm. my yearly theme with my six goals. On the other side, I had my sub theme, which was to have focused, compassionate work and delegation. And so periodically, even multiple times through the week, I would pick that thing up because it was right by my keyboard, move it, maybe flip it one way or the other. So I was seeing it all the time. And then I had a, a daily checklist that that I used. And that was, I would say at least 80% effective this year. I didn't do it all the time, but I did the majority of the time where I read my yearly theme out loud every morning. And that was helpful. So I think this year was more successful than some because of that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I think I would give it close to a five I, I'm not sure if I can give it a five out of five because I missed my to-doist thing, <laughs> but otherwise it was pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you decided that, that you know, that to-doist just isn't a good fit for you, and so that's not necessarily a failure. I mean, you shouldn't try to, to fit a square peg into a round hole. That's true. And so... That's true. So maybe it was, maybe it was five out of five then. I, f- I found out that I hate to-doist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, yeah. we'll have, have to struggle to get past that. A bit. <laughs> okay, so looking forward to 2023, I'll go ahead with mine since I already know what mine is and you're still in the background scrambling. <laughs> <still> to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 typing furiously. So for, for my theme for 2023, I'm calling it the year of appetite. <laughs> hmm. And my sub-theme is Hungry for Better Things. So when I was going over planning for the year, I realized that like there are different categories professionally, personally, socially, spiritually, whatever, where I had goals or 
or yeah, I suppose goals that I wanted for 2023. And I, I realized that some of those things I've been working on now for maybe a while, maybe a few years and made some progress, maybe not as much as I like some of them, no progress at all. And so I was trying to figure out, is there anything that ties them together? Is there anything about who I am or my character or whatever that is connected on these different levels? And I decided that it was my my appetite, what, I, what I'm wanting. So thinking about, how does it say in the book of James, uh, thinking about sin, <laughs> that sin comes from our own desires. Mm-hmm. It's when we have a, a, a desire that's in us that then tempts us and then draws us away. And then that, if it's fed, ends up with sin. Well, maybe not all the things, uh, the majority of the things on my list aren't sin, of course, but they're like my <laughs> my weaker self, or I'm not sure. It's kind of the same concept, is that there's there's something about me that I desire. So an example I'm I'm not sure if we've talked about this on the podcast or not, but I have, for the majority of my life, not called myself a morning person. Mm -hmm. I have not enjoyed getting up early. I'm not, yeah, (laughs) I'm not this person who's like up at four o'clock and going on a five mile run and then, you know, back at 430 and all of this sort of thing. Well, newsflash, nobody does that. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to be dramatic for... (laughs) effect but yeah i i do get up early quite a lot and in fact there are a number of mornings out of the week where i'm up at at three o'clock and four o'clock and that is very common and over the last maybe two or three years i've not developed the habit but maybe the need to get up at three o'clock in the morning and get my day going get some studying done or whatever because I know that I'm not going to have time during the day because of whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, I realized maybe I am becoming a morning person, a morning person just by necessity, but I still don't want it. Like I almost hate mornings. <laughs> I almost hate getting out of bed, even though I'm doing it. And so what I want to change about that is is developing an appetite for my morning routine where I'm actually looking forward to it, where I enjoy it, where I'm a little bit more enthused about it. Mm-hmm. So where I, I look forward to the broccoli and I'm not always wishing for the little Debbie cake that I can't have anymore, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I, I'm guessing a lot of listeners are listening to this and are thinking, what are you kidding me? Because <laughs> I mean, I've never heard of anybody that ever woke up like even dairy farmers don't wake up at four a.m. or at three a.m. What? Oh no! That, what? I don't know. There are dairy farmers who are listening to this. I think. And when I was on the dairy, uh, we started milking at three thirty. Okay. And so, yeah, I had to, I had to leave my house at three to get to the dairy on time to get things going so that the cows are ready to to be coming through not long after 3:30. Mm-hmm. So it probably depends on it probably depends on yeah the size of your your operation and so on but yeah I guess I just you know <laughs> I mean I I'm not sure part of me is almost tempted to say it's okay to not love getting up that early especially <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah now, I mean, I'm I'm a good bit of a morning person, but I don't get up nearly that early. And lately, I've been struggling to get up 
which I think largely is just due to not getting to bed early enough, not as much. But when I do have plenty of sleep, I think it's, yeah, I actually enjoy waking up early in the morning when there's not much other noise Mm -hmm. and having some focus time. Yeah, this is one of the things about my appetite idea is that I tend to be a bit of a self-sabotager when it comes to lots of things in life. And getting up early is one of a really good example where I know I don't want to get up early. And I know that because I need to study or whatever the thing is, I need to be up at, at, at three or four tomorrow. And so instead of going to bed at a smart time, I stay up as late as I can because I, I don't know why. I mean, I, it's, a, it's a really dumb thing to <laughs> do. Uh, where I'm either reading a book or I decide no I'm going to uh, I'm going to make donuts and it's going to take me until midnight to do it because I know I have to get up at three and mm-hmm. it's <laughs> it's a really strange thing but it, it it's a way where I am feeding an appetite of mine to do something fun right before bed maybe mm-hmm. because uh, I don't I know that I'm not going to want to get up the next morning and that whole thing about making donuts late at night because I don't want to get up early in the morning is an actual thing that I have a problem <laughs> with doing. I love baking mm-hmm. and, and and cooking, whatever. Um, it might even be chicken tenders or whatever. And if I know that I have some big thing I need to do tomorrow and I have to do it early, the night before I'm very likely to stay up way late and make this creme brulee or whatever. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's what that's what helped me decide on the theme was it's in all of these categories, professional, personal, social, spiritual. I have this problem where the the good things that I ought to do, I don't really have an appetite for. I, mm-hmm. I want the, yeah, I want the little Debbie cakes. I want the potato chips part of whatever that category is, even though I know that I will feel better. I'll feel better about myself if I choose the other. So being hungry for for the right things is what I'm hoping to achieve this year. How I will track and and measure it, I want to do it a little bit less whole year long and more smaller categories. So you talked about, James, how this is a very common problem where we have a lot of energy when we first start a goal and then it it Mm -hmm. tapers off. So one of the things I have on my list to do yet in December is to go into my digital calendar and set alarms for uh, throughout the year, different places, probably every quarter and maybe every month to review particular particular things or set mm-hmm. new goals so that I'm only working on maybe one or two categories a month or something like that yeah. to where it's not like, you know, all of us could come up with a list of like 25 things like you did, but then I'm not <laughs> going to get any of them done because I, I'm i going to be <laughs> super stressed out there, 25 things in my to-do list. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of my idea. Mm-hmm. One thing I was wondering, you, you mentioned these appetites that you want to, to deal with and mm-hmm. direct your appetites in the right way. Is there some appetites you can specifically mention to give some more specificity to kind of a somewhat vague idea sure i have a lot of them written down i'm trying to figure out how much i want the whole world to know (laughs) sure i figured that was probably the case (laughs) uh let me think here so a couple of easy ones or maybe ones that i'm less ashamed about (laughs) is um 
it, we talked about at different times on the podcast that I want to be less dependent on um, things that I use for entertainment, whether it's mm-hmm. YouTube or my fantasy. I have both of these in here in my list, my fantasy reading. Mm-hmm. And what I am, instead of doing some other years, is making a um, hmm, a goal against the thing, maybe either a fast or, or replacing it so that I'm like disciplining myself against YouTube or against mm-hmm. fantasy novels. Instead, I am focusing on what is the good appetite that I want. So in the case of YouTube, you choosing to develop an appetite in YouTube for things that are not entertainment. So I've been playing around with it just the last couple of weeks where I use my YouTube time for researching how to make pigs fatter or how to better <laughs> raise cows because that's part of my, my income. Mm-hmm. In my reading, I have a list, and it's actually here beside me on the wall of books that I want to read, so I can see that every day. And it's appetites that I want to develop. So some of them are books that I would, some of them are books I would not normally have chosen. It's just not my thing. I may even read a biography, James, oh, or wow. a history book. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> and, and so focusing just kind of twisting the focus a little bit where it's more on looking at that new appetite thinking about thinking about some of the milestones for for the year i have some with regards to relationships like my family relationships and even friendship relationships and how to how to develop an an appetite for james and i are supposedly both uh, somewhat introverted and so it takes effort for us to to develop friendships, maybe. Or for maybe I should just speak for myself. And so developing an appetite or like a, a desire for really having a, a deeper or more profound or more even transparent relationship on my part. It's easy to listen to people, to ask the right questions, let them do the talking. But having an appetite for actually being a friend or sharing who I am maybe is kind of what I'm aiming for there. Yeah, that makes sense. I know for myself, I have appetites that I should work on as well. I have appetites for donuts. <laughs> and, unfortunately, <laughs> and unfortunately, I can't, I don't seem to have quite the same metabolism you do. I usually, yeah. I usually end up carrying them around with me later. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. I have an appetite here for the morning, for my morning work also, and just enjoying whatever it happens to be, whatever time I have to get up, looking forward to that and not. One of the things I want to do about my appetites is avoid negative talk. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is starting to sound a bit 21st century (laughs) or overly modern, but I, I have a problem with saying things like, I hate mornings. I'm not a morning person. Uh, I don't want to get up tomorrow. And the things that we say to ourselves the the attitudes that we have, the mentality that we go into the day with does affect us whether it happens to be a buzz phrase now or not. It does actually affect me. And so I want to try to to think better about these things and to actually say, catch myself when mm-hmm. I'm saying those wrong things and replace it with a better thing. Like I enjoy getting up early. This is true. I enjoy having gotten up early because I have a successful day. Mm-hmm. And so if I can start saying, 
I'm looking forward to getting up early tomorrow because I know that I'll be able to do X, Y, and Z, and that'll make me have a successful day. That's a different way of looking at that thing and hopefully will change my, my appetite about it. So that's more or less my theme. I might be able to talk a little bit more about it later, but have you finally gotten yours scratched out? <laughs> yeah, I think so. So uh, we were planning to record this a week or so ago, and I kept having issues with getting finding the time to work on my yearly theme, or I was just too tired to work on it in the morning. But I did finally work on it, and I think I've got what I want. And I think what my yearly theme for 2023 is going to be is the year of key actions. Hmm. And so I I use the Ink and Volt planning system, which I think you've used a number of years. I think I finally used for the first time last year. And I kind of noticed the, the one thing I like about it, it, it almost feels useless because you're just writing all this stuff and it takes a lot of time. But one thing I found kept coming out is there were about f- just a few things that kept coming, kind of bubbling up to the surface mm-hmm. that really, that I really did not, it was, it was basically, it was those things that I did not do very well in this past year. I'll go ahead and say what they were. Uh, I guess I might as well. So probably the main thing was prayer. That was something I really struggled with. And I've, I've mentioned before on the podcast, and that's something that I feel like could benefit me tremendously in my spiritual life, which then can flow into other aspects of my life as well. Uh, Fasting is another thing that I have kind of let slip pretty majorly the last year. So that's something that I want to to start doing more often. Writing, and it's something I've mentioned, and I've kind of felt guilty because I've done a little bit of it here and there, but this year, the first part of the year went fairly well. But right around about June and July, when I started getting sick, I got COVID and then I got Lyme disease. <laughs> that basically just evaporated, and I've done very little of that sort of thing since then. And then another thing that I really did not do very well at was exercise. It's been it's been my theme for the last part of my theme or my goals for the last three years, and I just have not hardly done anything on it. And so I think that so really. <laughs> Really, a little bit of what I'm wanting to do this year is a little bit of, you could almost say, working on myself, which I guess is kind of what this whole thing is, but it's a bit more me-focused. It's not as much, okay, so I'm going to build relationships with my wife, with people in the community, with people at church. Like, that's not, that has been very much a focus previous years, and I, I feel like I've made some progress there, but... I wouldn't say that it's completely self-focused because to me I was asking myself what are the what are the four things that I can do that will make a difference in my life and then in the life of those around me. Mm-hmm. And part of the issue is that so I would go into setting goals and habits for the pre, for the upcoming year kind of like I did in 22 and I would kind of have main categories, but in those main categories, I would break it down and be a lot more granular. And under each one, I might have three or four. And that and that's how I get up to 25, <laughs> is by breaking my life into work, family, church, craft, or writing. And I would just break it into these little things. And then I would, I would then further expand that out into like three three goals for family, three goals for this. 
I might still, so for instance, if you have a goal, you need it to be something that's actionable, something that you can do. So I might still write down a few things for each of these areas that I want to do, but it's not the main goal, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to get away from, and I also noticed that over the last number of years, my themes have kind of been circling around the exact same idea. In some ways, they're almost been just a restatement of the same thing. So in 2020, the theme was focus. In 2021, the theme was reduction. In 22, the theme was deep, you know, turning towards things that are deep or or depth, I guess it was. And so it's kind Mm -hmm. of the same thing. But I think, I don't know if maybe it was a little bit too vague, like what does the year of focus mean? And so instead, I'm, I'm distilling it down to three or four actions that I can do on basically about a about a daily basis. Some of these definitely on a daily basis, like prayer. And those things can then move can can then move into other areas of my life. So instead of breaking all these things down into all these different areas and having fifty million goals, I'll instead have four and then that will translate into those other areas as well. I'm not sure if I'm making sense or not. Yeah, so it's like, you know, how how is prayer going to help you be more focused or how is prayer going to help you with uh, reduction or with depth? Mm -hmm. Well, if you are a better person because of prayer, you're going to have better focus. You're going to be looking for deeper things. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So that's kind of what it came down to is the year of key actions. And, you know, I might end up adding some key actions as I go along. What I'm kind of planning to do as far as tracking and making it doable is breaking it down, kind of like you maybe mentioned already. So I think I'm going to be using Cal Newport's Life Buckets Mm -hmm. um, idea, kind Mm -hmm. of. So I will maybe the first, you know, in January, I'll work on prayer. And once that's done and it went well, then maybe I'll move on to fasting. Then the next month, I'll move into writing. And I can maybe add things as I go to focus on these different areas for a certain amount of time, you know, maybe a month, maybe two months. And once I feel like that habit is in place, that's something that I've learned is there's there's some habits that I've really struggled to get going on. But once I really got them rolling, it was very took very little effort to keep it moving. Uh huh. Yeah. And so these key habits of prayer, fasting, writing and exercise, those are ones that I feel are. If I can get those going, it can make a huge difference in not just my personal life, but also in those that interact with me on a daily basis. It can make difference in even at work because I sometimes, I think maybe because I don't get enough exercise that I have a harder time focusing. I don't have as much energy and that that impacts many areas of my life. That makes me think about in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, he talks about how habits can compound for you, so it's almost like compound interest. Mm-hmm. Where if you're, if you're, if you can catch this atomic habit, like this, this very maybe principle or key habit that goes out and affects lots of things, and you just focus on that without even putting a lot of effort into some of these other things, they just kind of automatically, maybe not automatically, but get better as a result of and so you can you can make a lot more progress in your life by focusing on just one key thing so for both of us 
how at the end of 2023 if if there is an end of 2023 how will you define success for your goal uh your goal was okay say say your goal again the year of key actions key actions so how will december of 2023 if we get a chance to talk about it then uh, how will you not feel ashamed about that (laughs) (laughs) or however you said for the other one (laughs) well i think for all those i would like to get at least like i would say prayer is probably my top my top goal that's the one that i feel is most important because my spiritual life and what all's going on there impacts the rest of my life in many ways so that's the most important one so that one needs to be that one is paramount some of the others aren't maybe quite as important but the rest of those as well i would say i need to by the end of the year i want to have a pretty regular habit like on a weekly basis i want to be doing all of those things so prayer fasting writing and exercise I want to be doing at least a little bit of every single one of those because some of those I'm not doing anything at all. Mm-hmm. So if I would be if I would go from zero percent to thirty percent, I would still be doing better than I am now, and so I would consider that success. I mean, I don't want to put the bar too low, sure, but to where to where I you know if I do anything that oh I've succeeded, <laughs> but I would say if yeah like if in an average week I will hit every single one of these things to a certain extent then I was considered a success. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mine is a little bit harder to define, I think. I am still working on I I have in, in my in my personal notes for my yearly theme some some goals here. Like I would like to X in all of the major categories. And then I have some milestones or key actions uh written down here. But all of them feel uh, rather subjective like how to how does mm-hmm. one say i now have a successful appetite <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not sure so i want to work on that some more to, to have something that's a bit that yeah that i can just grab a hold of throughout the year to figure out am i moving forward or not mm-hmm. but overall i think it has to do with my perspective whether i am cheerful grateful and maybe generally excited if that's the right word about life about what i'm doing and so those are kind of the three things that i'm focusing on how to gauge my cheerfulness gratefulness and so on maybe a little bit tough i've been looking at the idea of a a gratefulness gratefulness slash prayer journal not sure if i want to put that on one of my goals or not but something to think Mm -hmm. about i was chuckling to myself because in my yearly theme, I talked about avoiding uh, negative self-talk, and you're essentially doing uh, self-care. So I think we've become millennials uh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think. I mean, I think. I mean, speaking for myself, at least, it's not because well, I need to make myself a better person, just because I want to be better. It's because I understand that these things can impact other people as well. It's not just about me, but obviously I need to work on myself if I'm going to be able to to help others. So it seems like the focus is on me, but it's really on me, but then flowing out of that, it'll flow into other people's lives. 
So I don't I don't see it as <laughs> terribly self focused. But you are right. It's basically <laughs> it's basically self care. <laughs> it's the sort of self care like put your oxygen mask on first so that you can help other people around you. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good it's a really good example. So before we head out here, just want to mention some resources that we use. We'll try to put into the show notes. Uh, James mentioned the Inkenvolt yearly planning thing was really helpful for both of us this year. You also mentioned you're going to be using James Clear's Life Buckets. Could you just in one minute tell us what that is again? Oh, what did I say? <laughs> James Clear. <laughs> you said James I Clear. I your hero. Yeah. So the, the Life Buckets are where you look at different areas of your life and Cal Newport likes to use alliteration, so he uses C's, and he says, craft, community, constitution, and contemplation. So craft is work that you're doing, like it could be writing, it could be some skill like woodworking, it could be something that you're doing at work that you want to do better. Maybe you work in a bakery and you bake bread and you want to make the best bread possible, that would be an example of craft. Community is interacting with those around you. Constitution is your physical, you know, your your health, so your diet, your exercise, that sort of thing. And then contemplation is kind of a new agey term for whatever you do to kind of find meaning in life. So for Sean and I, of course, that is Christianity, believing in Christ, reading the Bible, praying, those are all things in contemplation. So what you do for the Life Buckets model is you pick a specific, you know, it could be a key action, it could be a goal, it could be a, a habit. Um, I would say oftentimes it would be a habit of some sort. So let's say you wanted to do, do something better in community. So you wanted to reach out, you wanted to deepen your relationship with your friends. And so you decided that every week for six weeks or two months, you would do a call with one of your friends, call one of your friends in another state, or maybe get together for coffee with one of your friends that's local and just talk about life and what all is going on and, and try to try to get closer to somebody. And so he would say, what you do is you pick, you pick one thing out of each one of those buckets, those life buckets. So craft, constitution, contemplation, and community. You pick one of those Pick one key action or habit and work on that for four to six weeks. And then once that's done and you feel like you've accomplished it, you move on to the next one. And so it's, it's kind of an incremental approach to setting goals and, and setting habits is you just do one thing and you have that thing that you do every day or every week. Um, and slowly it, it kind of builds until you have that particular area kind of overhauled in your life. Then you move on to the next thing. So that's kind of what I'm hoping to do to have, like, I'll try to work on all of them, but I want to have certain, like, if I, if I do nothing else the entire day, I want to pray, for instance, in the morning, in the evening. If I do nothing else, that's what I want to do in January, for instance. Then in February, hopefully that habit will be in place. Now I'll be doing a weekly fast and kind of pairing that with a, a special time of praying for that particular day. And then the the next month, I'm going to focus on writing every single morning, that that sort of thing. And has Cal Newport put out a book, or was he still working on producing it, that talks about those life buckets? 
I think he has a book in the works, but he does not have a book out on it yet, so we can't point anybody to a book. I think that there might be a YouTube video that talks about it that I think we put in a previous episode. Maybe we'll go ahead and link it again for those people that this is a new idea. Uh, a few other resources I wanted to throw out in helping, like if you want to think about a yearly theme or even less amount of time, Three Big Questions for a Frantic Family by Patrick Lencioni is a really good resource. Of course, uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Reset. I'm not sure if we talked about that book, James, or not, by David Murray. I don't, I don't think it's we have. It's an excellent book for stopping and, and rethinking about life. And then a book that James recommended to me recently that I'm currently reading is Habits of the Household by Justin, who was it? Justin Early. Yes, Justin Early. Those would all be excellent resources. You wouldn't have to read them all, but maybe one or more of those books could help you think about what is it about your life that you ought to focus on and then uh, think about how you're going about working on it. I would recommend a yearly theme, I think, to anyone, but if a yearly theme seems like too big of an idea, I think I would recommend at least a monthly theme or a monthly goal and make it very narrow maybe or like only focus on one thing yeah. thinking about like what james said <laughs> yeah don't fall into my trap of having 25 <laughs> goals yeah so you can just choose one of one of these buckets or one goal and 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 the way to make these things successes is to make them habits to where you know what are the what are the habits that that we have in life whether you know it's a bad habit or an, a mundane habit like uh, you know pushing your glasses up when you're nervous or something like that we do those things without thinking because we've done them so many times over the same thing can happen with with who you want to be or what you want to change in your life if you focus on just one thing for a month or two months or a quarter of a year then it has its own momentum and it can carry itself forward and you can focus on something else and so you could have uh, and that's where Patrick Lencioni's book about three questions three big questions for the frantic family is maybe it would be better for you to think about a season of life uh, for us right now we're anticipating that we'll probably have a baby here before we record the next podcast and so our season of life our focus is very much on helping mom introducing a new person to the family and all of the stuff that goes on and on around that. So our family has a very particular focus. Anyway, those are some good resources for you all. And I think we ask other years too, but I would really love to hear if any of you do make a yearly theme. What is your yearly theme? Do you have a sentence or two about it that's going to carry you forward? And maybe even some tips or tricks or or focuses that you're going to have about how to make that successful. Yeah, I think this episode will probably be coming out not much before Christmas, so you won't have too much time. And the, the Ink and Vault system is about four or five worksheets, some of them just a single page, some front and back, some you know three or four pages. They do take a little bit of time, but you kind of chip away at them every morning, and you can get pretty far pretty quickly. And I would say even if you don't finish it up until a couple weeks into 2023, it's not really that big of a deal. It's not 
that there's this hard cutoff date, and if it's January 2 and you still don't have your yearly theme, <laughs> that well, you might as well yep. give up. I think it's it's worthwhile to to kind of soldier on, at least put something in place for the coming year, even if you don't do it, you know, even if it's not in place January 1. That's right. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. If you don't even get to it till after uh, you're back from visiting your family for New Year's and you sit down on January 3rd to to start working through your worksheets and use the first uh, couple weeks of January for establishing what you want to do with the rest of the year, it will still be time well spent and and you can make progress in, in whatever time you have left for, for the year or for the season that you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to leave the people with, James, before we go? Yeah, I would say that it is easy and it's something that I've fallen into, like I have already admitted, to try to be maybe too ambitious. And it's it's kind of better, like what Sean said, to just pick just a few things. Try not to get too too into it. Just pick a few things. Maybe even don't map out the entire year. Just pick something like, this is what I'm going to do in January and February. And then move to the next thing and the next thing. And really, that's all you need. You don't even need a yearly theme, necessarily. You just need a few goals that you can work through on a consistent basis. And that's really kind of what it comes down to. It's pretty simple at its basis. But for whatever reason, I guess it's our fallen nature, our tendency to lose focus on what's important that leads us away from those key things that lead us closer to God, closer to others, lead us toward our true purpose in life, and lead us toward shallow wasting of time, those sorts of things. And I'm just as bad as the next person at that. So a little progress is better than nothing. And I think, too, that this this idea of a yearly theme or working on goals or productivity or whatever it might be can sound like it's for other people. It's for those those highly productive people. It's for successful people. It's for someone else besides me, someone who has a big important job and, you know, I'm just I'm just a mom or I'm just a dad or I'm just I am just a landscaper or whatever, I don't know what your just is, that we we all have this thing that we're we're just one thing or another, and we think that we're not, uh, I don't know, highfalutin enough to, <laughs> to have a yearly theme or to work on a goal. But the idea of a goal is very much a Christian thing. We're supposed to have an end goal. We're supposed to keep our eyes fixed on the goal, and we're supposed to run as if we're headed towards the goal as an athlete in training. And so anyone who has looked at all at the life of an athlete knows that it's about making small goals, reaching those, and then setting the goal higher and reaching that and setting the goal higher and reaching that, a a continual discipline and growth mindset. So very much, very much a Christian, it should be very much a Christian mindset is to gradually improve ourselves with what? With the purpose of glorifying God and with the purpose of, of blessing others in in our overarching goal of, of sharing the gospel of Jesus with everyone that we meet. 